0: Good morning. I'm Shamita Basu.
1: And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them.
0: But first, let's catch up with some of the day's top headlines.
1: Federal agents killed a man suspected of fatally shooting a right-wing protester in Portland last weekend. The man had not been named as a suspect until an interview aired on Vice News. That's where he admitted to the killing and claimed he did so in self-defense.
0: Seven police officers in Rochester, New York, have been suspended with pay after a video showing the death of an unarmed black man went public this week. Daniel Prude died of asphyxiation after police placed a hood over his head back
1: in March. And the Department of Justice is expected to file an antitrust lawsuit against Google as early as this month. The tech giant is being accused of dominating online search and advertising, making it impossible for smaller companies to compete. This week, the CDC has been telling public health officials in all 50 states, be ready to distribute a vaccine as early as the end of October. That's a much tighter timeline than usual for vaccine development. To meet that deadline, the FDA would have to use its emergency authorization power. Now, the health publication stat has an article about how that process would actually work.
0: Yeah, it talked to Dr. Anthony Fauci, and he explained there's something called the DSMB, the Data and Safety Monitoring Board, that evaluates vaccine trials while they're happening. Dr. Fauci said if this board sees that a vaccine is clearly working in trials, the bar is set pretty high, but it can recommend that the study be stopped early so the vaccine can be distributed to the larger population.
1: But some scientists and bioethicists are urging the FDA not to use this power to quicken distribution. The Washington Post says, many scientists are worried about how the FDA is being politicized. Earlier in the week here on Apple News Today, we explored how health experts worry even the appearance of rushing the vaccine so that it'll be ready in time for election day could actually undermine public trust in whatever vaccine is ultimately approved.
0: Some experts tell The Washington Post that the idea of a vaccine being ready in time for October, that timeline is just too ambitious. Now, here are where the trials stand right now. In the United States, there are currently three vaccines in phase three trials, which is the last and biggest testing phase. The vaccine makers are Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca. Now, just this week, the chief advisor for the Trump administration's vaccine development program was asked by NPR how realistic is the October timeline? And he said it's extremely unlikely, but not impossible. And they will be prepared to distribute the vaccine to high-risk groups as soon as it's ready. In July of 2016, on a hot summer night in Fort Worth, Texas, A black man named David Colley was walking in the parking lot of an apartment complex when police stopped him. Colley raised his arms and then police fired. According to Reuters, the officer's bullets hit him in the back. They punctured his lung and they left him paralyzed from the waist down.
1: Don't the details of this case sound eerily familiar? In August, police in Kenosha, Wisconsin shot Jacob Blake in the back. He is also now paralyzed from the waist down.
0: In Colley's case, according to Reuters, he sought to press charges against the officer who shot him for use of excessive force. But a federal judge threw out the case. The decision was based on a concept called qualified immunity. It's a legal doctrine that was introduced by the Supreme Court during the civil rights era. It shields officers from most lawsuits related to their police work while they're doing their jobs.
1: According to Reuters, law enforcement says qualified immunity is essential to ensure officers can make split-second decisions in dangerous situations without having to worry about being sued later. But critics argue it creates a legal system with no consequences for police officers who overreach.
0: Reuters reviewed more than 500 cases involving police use of force since 2005. And it found that courts have been granting cops immunity more and more in recent years, even when judges agreed that their behavior violated a plaintiff's civil rights.
1: And Reuters also found federal appeals courts deal with qualified immunity differently depending on where you are in the country. For example, judges in Texas granted immunity to police in excessive force cases at nearly twice the rate of California judges.
0: Earlier in the summer, right when protests over George Floyd's death were picking up across the country, there was a lot of talk over whether the Supreme Court would move to restrict or even end qualified immunity. Two of the justices, the more liberal-leaning Sonia Sotomayor and the conservative-leaning Clarence Thomas, have both criticized qualified immunity in written opinions. But in June, the court declined to hear any related cases. You probably heard that rumor about cities, that the pandemic is putting an end to the great American urban centers.
1: Yeah, there have been so many of these think pieces and writers yelling, everybody's leaving and so should you.
0: (laughs) I'm really tired of reading all of them, but there's one really great piece in The Atlantic. Derek Thompson writes, of course, this isn't the end of cities. It's just that the cities that emerge from the coronavirus are going to look different. This is a moment of crisis, he says, and maybe it's an opportunity to improve our cities.
1: The way Thompson sees it, the cities that we live in today, the buildings, public transportation and water systems, all came about because of past crises.
0: And he gives a few examples. He says in 1832, a cholera epidemic decimated cities in the UK. At the time, the life expectancy in urban areas was only 26 years old. Now, the epidemic inspired a government official to look at sanitation in British cities. And his report led to the improvement of drainage systems. It led to the decision to remove human and animal waste in city streets. And life expectancy shot up in the years after these improvements were made.
1: There are a lot of historical examples mentioned in this piece, but I'm not trying to romanticize disaster. Thompson's really careful to point out not every crisis leads to innovation or improvements. He writes about Hurricane Katrina. It displaced so many low-income people, they were never really able to get back into their homes. Mm -hmm. Now, COVID-19, though, it's such a different type of disaster.
0: Yeah, and the writer points out it feels like people in cities have all just fallen into this very complacent place. Like, this is the way it's always been here, so this is the way it'll always be. But sometimes something like this can be jarring enough to make us really ask important questions like... How do we actually want to live here?
1: If it's not you, you probably know someone who's looking for a job. Millions of people are out of work right now because of the coronavirus. The Wall Street Journal points to some stats about the labor market and also offers some really good career tips.
0: The journal reports on a study of 600 small to mid-sized companies, and apparently half of them plan to hire full-time employees in 2020. But of course, the pandemic is changing the way that companies engage with prospective hires. So you should prepare for a virtual world from interviews to the work itself.
1: Yeah, consider it a taste of the company's work-from-home culture.
0: I mean, you and I were both hired virtually, Duarte. We've been doing this show while video conferencing. We're in our separate apartments. But
1: you're on that little screen, so I feel like you're right next to me.
0: Staring at each other every morning.
1: (laughs) Now, some of the same rules of job searching still apply, like making sure you network as much as possible. According to LinkedIn, applicants with a connection to a company are nearly three times as likely to be hired there. But then again, you're doing all of this virtually.
0: Another strategy is to focus on industries where the most jobs are opening up. As of August, the industries with the most openings in the U.S. were healthcare, retail, and food service.
1: And lastly, the journal offers advice for your next virtual job interview. One career coach recommends bringing a lot of energy to it, dress formally, and even if you're taking the video call from your kitchen or your bedroom, put a little effort into making the background look more professional. Make your bed.
0: (laughs) But most importantly, just try to connect be a human, it's tough when it's only through a video conference. But listen, everyone is experiencing this moment in a very different way. So focus on how to come across as knowledgeable, but also friendly and understanding.
1: You can find links to all these stories in today's show notes page.
0: And if you're enjoying the show, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find us.
1: We're taking the day off on Monday. Happy Labor Day, everyone. We'll be back with more news on Tuesday.